Hey, it's John. Welcome back to the Elise and John Show. This episode is all about boundaries, the importance of setting boundaries, what it feels like to set boundaries, and how we can take care of ourselves and others by healthy boundary setting. Get it? Get into it. We share stories and moments in our lives where we have set boundaries, and one of those stories inspires our first podcast sketch. (laughs) Stay tuned to the end of the episode for our newest segment. Ooh, that's a sketch. I got boundaries on my brain. Boundaries on my brain. Because I feel like I have... uh, It's just been so prevalent lately. What? Boundaries in general. I mean, it's always been prevalent in my life, at least. Like setting boundaries and the different kinds of boundaries that you can set. And whether you set them gracefully or whether you don't set them gracefully or whether you set them at all. So I kind of just want to... That's what I want to deconstruct today is boundaries i have i've had a therapist for many many years for pretty much my entire adult life and some of my teenage years and um i just know that i have i'm having a conversation with my therapist about boundaries Mm -hmm. on a regular basis yeah and now especially this year where so many things have happened that uh, we have to be straightforward about and that we have to manage ourselves with. I'm finding that like boundaries are becoming even more prevalent than before. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Um, so let's take it into dating because that seems to always be a hot topic Relationships item. Relationships are huge, yeah, with it's boundaries, a, yeah. It always sells in Hollywood, you know. You can always sell a rom-com <laughs> or a love story any season, any time of the season, always in style. <laughs> Okay, so with relationships or dating or anything like that, um, over the last decade, I would say, boundary discussions have been a a sincere thing. Um, Before then, I don't think so. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they were pretty much, hate to sound whatever, but you know what? It was a different time. And I think no means no has always been kind of like evolving and has become more and more firm as a statement mm-hmm. and i appreciate mm-hmm. that and look all men are trash i'm included in that every man every man is horrible <laughs> never forget never forget women time's been up for men and i'm being sincere <laughs> they're yeah. horrible um so i yeah. think when it comes to boundary talks i you know have a lot to learn with that and in relationships too in yeah. relationships too like the spectrum, like you said, no means no. That's the ultimate boundary, right? In terms of when right. we're talking about consent. And there are, and there's this, a spectrum of so many different kinds of boundary. Like in relationships, being spoken to a certain kind of way. Yeah. Setting a boundary that you're not going to accept that, right? Yeah. Whether it's from a man or from a woman. But um, it's. I feel like people it find it difficult to set these boundaries. I have found it dif- difficult to set these boundaries previously. I mean, I've yeah. I've been in a relationship now for eight and a half years, so I have, um, you know, workshopped my boundary setting. <laughs> yes, for a long time. Even even respecting boundaries is a bare minimum. Above and beyond would be to would you understand the boundaries have it in your bones, and maybe if you are, I don't even know if there's above and beyond. I think it's just like regular regular duties as your relationship to your fellow humans is to communicate 
And then mm-hmm. if you can, mm-hmm. begin to proactively communicate, right? I think that's kind of the goal. And then to throw your ego out of it and to be of service to your fellow human. Treat It's the golden rule. Treat others how you want to be treated. Yeah. You respect their ability to be brave and courageous and to state their, their boundary. You also low-key you want to pay, like hype yourself up for for taking risks and being brave even though it's not that brave it's a bare minimum to say hey let's talk about our boundaries in our relationship here's mine you see i do think i do think it takes a lot of courage to to set boundaries period because yeah. people don't because it's not people don't talk about it like uh, in in the most intimate relationships things are, are kind of being said in an undercurrent often in families it's it's yeah. extremely difficult to set boundaries especially when you have something like maybe mental illness in your family or right. alcoholism or anything like that yeah. whereas as setting boundaries is it becomes almost an, an infraction mm-hmm. right like we're starting to protect the behaviors that that need to be protected in order for things not to blow up mm. say more what do you mean like uh, we'll take we'll take again a, a very very clear example when it comes to something like alcoholism like a lot of times we get into uh, people with with alcoholics and their families feel pulled to just kind of engage in codependent behavior because let, like I don't want to rustle any feathers, right? I don't want to yeah. make things worse by by rustling any feathers. So I'm just going to kind of operate around what's going on here. So that's like an extreme, not extreme, but a very clear, um, I guess, m- often talked about boundary circumstance right like are you going to set a boundary with somebody who's suffering from alcoholism in order to help them and to help yourself correct correct are you willing to do that That yeah and that takes courage so even even in friendships you know like you have a friend who's telling you to that they that uh they want to constantly go out or whatever the case may be whatever that friend is trying to constantly do or that friend is constantly taking advice trying to like bring their problems to you but never taking it and never asking you how you're doing Mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so then it's up to you to set a boundary and actually say it's almost confrontational hey yeah. friend i feel like i have been supporting you for this time and you haven't even asked me how i'm doing and mm-hmm. i feel like i need some reciprocal support that shit is scary it is it is um and if you're wondering at home is this anything to do does this have anything to do with elise and i no we have a great friendship <laughs> bitch Okay, we talk about our boundaries. This is me Open. telling John, John, <laughs> I need you to <laughs> act right. <laughs> what? After I just told him it wasn't. Why would you? Um, let's take a commercial break. <laughs> no, um, no a, a lot of I, a lot of friends need to do this. This is not easy. It's not fun. But yeah, that's a great example. When you're mm-hmm. in a friendship where it's kind of one sided in terms of, you know, the give and take of yeah. ranting or you know sharing information. And then if it's one-sided, man, I heard this tweet or TikTok or something. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. Not based in facts. Do not come for the Elise and John show. Never come for the Elise <laughs> and John show. We are not based on facts. We are based on opinion. <laughs> That's right, baby. So it said 50% of your friendships are made up of friends who are less interested in the friendship than you are. Mm. Or, or less interested in the friendship. I'm butchering the quote, but you get the gist. Yeah. 50%. Yeah, so yeah. if you look at all of your friendships, chop them in half and say that based on this theory. Mm-hmm. So if that theory is correct, we'll just keep playing down this what if. See, this is where it's fun to play what if. This yeah. is a good up. Op- now, if it is true, then you can look at yourself and say, well, what can I do here? I can speak up on behalf of what boundaries, needs, and wants mm-hmm. that I have. 
Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. If you're Spock, if you're Spock, you don't even need this. <laughs> but if you are Spock and you need this, you just read the script off the paper, you say yeah. it to the friend, and you're like, yeah, they should. This is what it is. This is what it is. Good. Uh, oh, well, you know what? <laughs> you mentioned scripts, okay? Oh, yes. And scripts are something that um, I have a good friend that we've been talking about scripts a lot because my therapist and I talk about – my therapist, by the way, is like – I've been with her for many, many years, and mm-hmm. I – um she knows me well, and I, I, I always talk about my therapist on a first-name basis, typically with my friends, so they know who it is. It almost sounds like she's my friend, but nice. she's my therapist. Um, <laughs> So we talk a lot about scripts and using scripts um, to set boundaries. So it's funny that you mentioned Spock and scripts. So here's an example. Um, Let's say that you have a friend who... I, John, by the way, put on glasses now, so he is now in the role of therapist. Uh-huh. He looks he looks very in very much like a professional therapist right Thank now. Thank you so much. John and I are both wearing glasses. Anyway, um so a script John and I are both wearing glasses and and black sweatshirts. Yeah, we are. Weird. Like John and gray I are both and black. Wearing glasses, black sweatshirts and gold gold chains. Na- gold chains. <laughs> Holy shit. John Whoa. and I are both wearing that got glasses. Weird. And John and I are both wearing glasses, a gold chain, black sweatshirts and facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, so here's a good script that I learned many years ago. So again, my, my therapist and I talk about scripts all the times and using them to set boundaries. A friend of mine once told me that her mom uses a script that I adopted and I use all the time now with specifics. Her mom's script is, do you want my support or do you want my opinion? Right. I do that. I do that with friends. Do you I want love my advice that. Or do you want, or do you want yeah. to just listen? Is what I said. To just but, listen to hold space. But I right. I give two options. Yeah. Yes. And recently, I had um, uh, a conversation with a really wonderful, beautiful friend of mine. She's a white woman, and we had a conversation. We were having a conversation about, um, like, you know, white men and their privilege and whatnot. And at one point, just because I'm a woman of color, I felt like I had to say to her. Do you want my support as a friend who loves you in this very moment, based on the conversation we're having? Do you want my support as a friend who loves you to pieces? Or do you want my opinion objectively as a woman of color? And what I would think immediately if I heard you speaking like this, which it wasn't, she wasn't speaking anything negative. It was just, she was just expressing herself about white men, you know? Are you about to tell the story? I'm not going to tell the story. Oh, okay. Because I haven't asked her if that's okay. Oh, okay. So we're getting the we're getting the cliff notes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, we're getting the cliff notes. Yeah. Send us so, a message if y'all want this story. <laughs> if y'all want this um, hot story. So I asked her. We were talking about white men in general, and I asked her, um, and I wanted to tell her because I'm her friend. I wanted to tell her what I would feel like. If I were a person of color who didn't know her in a room and I heard her, a white woman speaking, uh, saying her opinion about white men. Mm-hmm. Um, so I asked her, do you want my support as your friend who loves your pieces or do you want my opinion objectively as a woman of color? Mm-hmm. And she initially said both, which I fully understand. What she's trying to say to me is, I do want your opinion. But I said to her, you know, in this very moment, I can't wear both hats. Like, I have to either give you my support which i'm more a hundred percent willing to give you by the way or give you my opinion because she was telling me a story that wasn't a fun story at all it was something that had happened to her and it wasn't it wasn't great and i was totally behind her on it but in that moment i had to tell her like involved it was a white man yeah fun but it also involved. 
involved involved white men. Yeah, involved white aggressive men. And and so then I said to her, you know, unfortunately, right now I have to take care of myself because I have to I have to either give you my support or my opinion. I can't, as a woman of color, do both in this very moment. Boom. And then, of course, because she's a fantastic friend, she said, uh, and she's a good person in general. She was like, then I want your opinion for sure. Yeah. So I gave her my opinion as and I realized in that moment how if I didn't separate those two things, I would have never been able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's only that's only the work of folks of color the, primarily. Yeah. And yeah. But it was a boundary that I had to set to yeah. take care of myself. Because otherwise I wouldn't have been authentic to myself and I would have been thinking things. And also I wouldn't have been a good friend to her because I'm thinking something that I'm not saying. Yes. So after we had that conversation and I did give her my opinion as a woman of color and she absolutely was receptive to it. She said to me, well, this is friendship. Mm. Like that, what you just did, that is what friendship is. Yeah. Yeah. So, which again tells me like the healthy setting of boundaries, that is what relationship generally is. Yeah. A good, yes, yes. Um, and look, a couple of things that that makes me think of. You uh, you alluded to the story. We don't have all the context. So, context. Mm-hmm. so if people are looking to break that almost story down, you d- just don't. Like if you're a person of color and you're like, fuck, wouldn't it be me? Nah, you know, yeah, you can't because there's a lot more to it. Yeah. And the only reason I'm not telling the detail of the story is because I haven't I haven't told my friend, hey, can I share your personal business <laughs> on my exactly, podcast? Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. But what we can deduce, what we can deduce, um, just the facts alone can be something to note. The facts alone are Elise was taking care of Elise in this situation where in society, when people of color, women of color take care of themselves, it is often rejected or refused. It is interpreted as angry. It goes right yeah. to... All these negative things. We don't see the fucking, the effort that it takes. That it takes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Elisa didn't preface it with none of that. Elise went right into, um, mm-hmm. here, let me give you two options. Yeah. Without having to go, you don't have to justify your friendship. You didn't have to. Because if I was going to try to give her my opinion mm-hmm. on this particular item and give her my support, then I what I would have been doing essentially is leaning into is is taking care of white fragility Mm -hmm. and then and i can't i just can't do that because and that also isn't fair because it's not if we're really talking about the basis of a friendship or the basis of a relationship i'm not giving her the opportunity to take care of me Mm -hmm. yeah in the moment where i'm like we both need to be taken care of so you know it's it's kind of it's nuanced it's nuanced and then and then you made it a two-way street right you said hey i'm going to a take care of myself b take care of this friendship in a way that i know how and that's by communicating and then that's all elise could do right like not to talk about you like you're not here but that's just if you like zoom out and look at it it is a conversation that had to be had you had it yeah it's also to take care of two things that i'm seeing maybe more one yeah. yourself, most importantly, most importantly, you, you, especially in a pan, pandemonium, while we're all dealing with pantalones and <laughs> I can't think of any P words right now. I don't know what the hell happened. I, well, I went right into therapist mode. I can't do bits. Okay. <laughs> you uh, also, you, you, we're dealing with a whole bunch of Trump stuff. 
So that yeah. means our view of white people for a while, if we don't know you, know you, know you, know you, right. know you, then things kind of get back to ground zero and we communicate as a way to feel out. We have to go step by step with white folks in these times. If something weird pops up, mm-hmm. we have to. We have to go step by step because the minute something is out of order, people of color tend to walk away from those interactions feeling like exhausted or, man. And that's or, because. Or helpless. Helpless. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I'm so glad that you said that because I was. <laughs> That is yeah. really helpful for me. What you oh. just said about like starting at like we unfortunately are having to be almost in like a uh, defensive offensive mode right now yeah. because we, because we're in such an important time where we don't know where everybody's where certain people stand. And I've also been trying to negotiate with myself. When do you become like you said if everybody? You're, I want to say. Tell me, tell me what I said. I want to just put a highlight that Elise said everybody and not. White people. We're not worried about where white people stand. We're worried about where everybody stands yeah. <laughs> right now. Like it's yes, white people, yeah. but that was yes. intentional that you said. Yes, everybody. everybody. Yeah. yeah, we all because we all need to. We have to operate on 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 a same level of reality. I can't have a conversation with a person who thinks that the coronavirus is made up and who thinks that um, Donald Trump is. Trump is telling truths and all of these things because we're literally not operating on the same reality. Yeah. So then we're both going to, we're both just going to drive ourselves into the wall. For example, I have family, very close family members that have mental illness. And when, when certain people, or I'm thinking about one particular person is having an episode, what am, who am I to A, tell that person that what's happening in their mind isn't real? Right. And how am I supposed to, if I'm on a completely different plane and level of reality there's no way i can communicate with them nope not happening so i am trying to negotiate in this time how much of the things that i'm doing with regard to trump supporters for example which i'll tell the story right now how much what i'm doing is is actually setting a boundary and how much of it is me being rigid or or me me being exclusive that's a word you know how do i like uh making sure that i'm not like well now i'm not going to give anybody who maybe supported trump at some point a chance maybe they eventually need to turn around and they're like you know what i'm starting to come to my senses and i don't want to be the person that's like well fuck you yeah yeah but it's hard because like you said I don't know who you are right now. So if you come into my life at this point in time, if there is no history and there's no context and there's no understanding, then I'm going to have to just protect myself. Yep. If you come in on some fuck shit. If you come in on some fuck shit. You ain't going to get shit. Yeah. Like we just can't operate, you know, like, okay, so here's, here's the story. I'm just, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's exactly what I've been thinking about. I am in the market for a realtor and I have from the get, Everybody that I've been asking for for a realtor recommendation, I've been like, this person needs to be BIPOC. I don't care who they are. They just can't be white right now, yep. especially because of where I live. Okay, where, I live in a primarily is Sarasota, Florida, primarily white town. A lot of people come from privilege. There's a lot of money in this town. And Sarasota, um, Florida, Sarasota, Florida is where it's at. 
you know, uh, Pence came here to hold like a special dinner throughout the, uh, the election period for all a bunch of donors that had a lot of money. Like this is, in fact, there was, there's a, there's a key here, like, um, like an island, you know, kind of like a Key West, but a small area in Sarasota. Yeah. Where it literally was pretty much segregated until the 90s. Like, wow. Yeah. If there's just, there's a lot to look out for as yeah. a person of color in Sarasota. Um, and a lot of, and, 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 and because it's such a sunny, beautiful, wonderful place in terms of like the amenities and the weather and all of these things, like nobody ever talks about like the parts that are not great, primarily white privileged Trump supporters, right? So, I can't just be like, hey, I'm going to have a realtor right now, a white realtor, and just trust blatantly that they're going to be in my corner, especially when I'm looking for a property or something where it's like, I can't hire you and find out down the line that you're not rooting for me and that you're not trying to take care of me. And it's such a vulnerable process where it's like safety, your home, every like I just I just can't. So. I was interviewing realtors and I was interviewing sounds like it's it's like I'm going to bring them on as an employee. But I really was like talking to realtors Mm -hmm. to see who I vibed with. Absolutely. And um, I had a a, my mortgage guy, you know, recommended a a white guy. And I'm like, listen, I done told you I want a BIPOC person, but I'll talk to him. So this guy calls me. And he's, you know, wheeling and dealing like a real, like, you know, some of these realtors are just like, they got to move, they move properties fast, they're trying to make as much money as possible, they're trying to make as many properties, use as, do as many properties as possible. And he's like, hey, Elise, you know, um, how are you doing? I'm, I'm here, like, let me, let me, how, how can I help you? Let's get you what you need. Hmm. And I just was like, I just can't, I can't risk any fuck shit. So I just straight hmm. up said to him. Before we continue to talk, I need to know a very important question in this day and age. Mm -hmm. He's like, of course. Yeah, let me know. Tell me the question, right? He's wheeling and dealing. He's trying to book a client. Uh And I'm like, are you a Trump supporter? Boom. And this was, John, this was like within, I'm not kidding, 40 seconds of being on the phone with this person. Wow. And he, I hear crickets first. Okay. And then I hear, which which was confusing. Then I hear... uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, if I'm honest. Bam. Bam. Thank you very much, Sarasota White Realtor. <laughs> Sarasota, based uh, 67% of the race in Sarasota is white. Mm-hmm. In, quote, in, in parentheticals, non-Hispanic white. I don't know Yeah. if that's because there's a large Hispanic population but that's there's actually a large uh yeah there's a large the rest of that is mm-hmm. black and latino mm-hmm. um but there's been a ton of gentrification and a lot of the black community is is not in the center of you know is not in the in the richest areas because yeah. everything has been pushed out and brought in by developers and people and and there's no uh affordable housing and it's it's a situation yeah yeah you can tell by the numbers yeah so all right. Ooh, you say. So this guy says yes. Oh, ooh. wait. In that and, moment, before you run through it. Yeah. Now you know because I know that feeling when you when you when you just you, your gut and everything is just like you mother. <laughs> you tried to fucking. You tried to pull one over on me. You motherfucker. I'm yeah, listening. When the to truth you. was there the whole time. Yeah, the truth was there yeah. the whole time, and I told you on the front end. 
like not you you're mm-hmm. talking to yourself you, yeah listen i told myself yes I'm not, but I i'm said, not even gonna entertain it right I'm, I'm only listening to white people if there's extra information or resources that i have not gathered or ascertained on my own that is the right. purpose of this call with homeboy if anybody's wondering why elise even took oh the yes, yes, call, yes 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 it's only to gather more resources if we haven't already mm-hmm. got them right and frankly to be fully fucking honest with you yeah. the realtors in sarasota like they're all primarily white and they're the ones mm. truly that have a ton of information Yep, because they are taking care of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So you said, let me see if they drop some jewels or gems. Yeah. Then they... now I'm going to go tell everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? But they dropped a coal, a dud. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was not, not good. Not at all. So when he did that, I remember, and this was by the way, a week, exactly one week after the riots at the Capitol. Okay, January sixth, one week later. One week later. And I said to myself, this hesitation that he had when he said, uh yeah, if I have to be honest, he wouldn't have had that hesitation a week prior. Nope. Nope. So then so then the moment he says that, this is where I was like, Wow, Elise, therapy has done really well for you. Um, the moment he says that, I say, Thank you so much for calling. We're not gonna be able to work together. Whoa. What I really wanted to say was like, wow, you fucking idiot. Don't you know all the things that are happening? But I did. (laughs) Valid. I didn't because I want, again, like I don't want to be one of, I don't want to be someone who just writes everybody off because first of all, that's exhausting. And second of all, my goal in setting this boundary is simply to take care of myself. I don't need to teach him anything. I don't need to do anything. He's on his own journey. And I don't know why he's a Trump supporter. Who knows why he's a Trump supporter? That's Mm -hmm. all his journey. Fine. Yeah. I don't know how how much is he a radical. I don't know that information. But again, we're at ground zero, like you said. And I cannot, Mm -mm. at this point in time, risk it. Yeah. So I say, thank you so much for calling me. I appreciate it. We cannot work together. You said that over the phone? Yes, I said that immediately, like right after he said yes, on, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm honest, I said, understood, thank you for calling, we can't work together, we won't be able to work together. Yeah. So he's like, oh, okay. So we hang up the phone, my friend who was in the other room runs out and she's like, oh my God, that was amazing! And then, so then, What right, was amazing? That The fact that I even did that and I, first of all, when I did it, I was very much throwing shit to the wall, like I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah, yeah. I was just very much like, oh, bro, are you a Trump supporter? Like, I'm feeling like, fuck everything. <laughs> like, yeah. And when he said yes, and I was like, oh, okay, then we won't be able to work together. Like, the power was in basically just gracefully saying, thanks. Yeah. Thank you for calling me. You're a human who took your time to call me. I appreciate that. We can't work together. And she came in and she was like, we were both shocked. We were both A, shocked that he responded and that he even said yes, that he was almost like a little bit um, <laughs> reticent to say yes. Uh-huh. So, but as we are sitting there like freaking out, like, I can't believe that just happened. He calls back. What? And he's like, and I pick up the phone. I'm like, oh my God, he's calling back. So I answer the phone and he's like, uh, yeah, Elise, I just want to, I just wanted to clarify and in very, a lot more words that I'm about to say right now. He says something along the lines of, um, I just want to be clear that uh, just I, be clear. I just want to be clear. It's a phrase that, we're going to get rid of in 2021, please. Yes, exactly. I just, let's just be clear from the beginning, right? <laughs> um, I just want to be clear. Uh, I want to clarify that I, although I did vote 
for I, I have supported President Trump. I understand that he is now being impeached. And I'm the kind of person who, you know what, I support whoever's in the White House. So if I, I, I'm going to pray, I prayed for Donald Trump. Then he tried to hit me with the religion thing. Like he thought that he was going to get me on that one. Right. I prayed for Donald Trump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pray for Mr. Joe Biden. Um, and I just want you to know, Elise, I want you to know, Elise, that I'm not one of those radicals. And I sat there inside. I'm screaming like, holy shit, this is happening. But on the outside, I just said, thank you. Thanks for letting me know. All right. Bye-bye. That's all you can say. That's all you can say. When the audacity has hit you that hard, yeah. that's all you can do is, is kind of go in the basement and, uh, you know, hopefully you've shut all the, all the windows and doors and just kind of wait, wait out the audacity <laughs> tornado because that's <laughs> at the stage. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's dangerous. It can't be stopped. It, the audacity's revved up. That's a three-peat. That's a three-peat in the business. That's a triple-double. Triple that person scored 10 points uh, or more in the ability to uh, bring God into it and, mm -hmm. and also pray for you. Uh, number two, they scored 10 points or more in the ability to uh, say the most ridiculous thing. Like, I'm the kind of person that prays for whoever's in office. Yeah. The implications there are so deep. They're so, yeah. so, so deep and rooted mm -hmm. in white supremacy um and, and patriarchy like the the level of that's 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 a double double and then the triple double the triple double is um is when they they try to win your business back uh and address you like you're dumb it could have been about anything it's just the audacity that he called back right instead to, to, of just like, as if as if it was going to change my mind as if it would change as your if mind. i wasn't very clear just now think about that like we might consider if it was something benign like oh the president they've been spotted i don't know doing something ridiculous and they made a whoopsie like let's say they have a typo in their twitter right mm -hmm. and then you someone's like oh my goodness did you hear about the twitter typo yeah then it's like cute ha 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 fine but they mm -hmm. didn't even they would never they would you know why that's an unreasonable example because nobody does that only mm -hmm. white men who believe that they can just just tell us a, any kind of lie. Like, the, look at the, the odds are stacked against you. have white people storming the fucking Capitol. You should be yeah. calling right out of the gate and be like, hi, I am white. And I see on TV there are white people storming the Capitol like terrorists. <laughs> and I understand if you are a woman of color, especially in today's times, I'm the last person you want to work with. Yes. So what my duty is going to be from this moment on is shut the fuck up. Do not respond to this voicemail. There's absolutely nothing you need to say. <laughs> I, just, I don't uh, even know why I'm calling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's equivalent to a voicemail of them saying they are going to shut up. Just shut up. Just don't do anything. Uh, Which is really... technically, by the way, what Biden did when he said, I'm going to go ahead and bring you mm -hmm. a black woman. Yes. Yes. That is, right? that is it. Like, uh... There's more than enough resources for white men to follow up on and see how they can kind of help. Mm -hmm. This is not it. And then, man, that's a trifecta. That's a new thing. We're going to call that the Elise and John show. Uh, Caucasity triple double. <laughs> that's it. When you score. Yes. Double, double digits. We're going to start double scoring digits shit. Or more, three in yeah. three different categories. Well yeah. done. So here's the thing. In that moment, I felt very happy that I had 
in a very calm way, in a way that didn't take a lot of my energy. Oh, nice. I didn't get upset. Good. I didn't I didn't feel tired. I just very much said no. I felt actually proud of myself for just for actually sticking to that and not and and being straightforward and truthful about what I was intending. Yes. Um Yep. You were honest. And I also felt in that moment like that was a good moment where it's like setting boundaries does what it needs to do for everybody. Like what yeah. what I did is the what it did tons more for him and his understanding of 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 the repercussions of his actions right now mm-hmm. what i did did the equivalent did much excuse me what i did did much more for for both of us than it would have done if i would have been like well fuck off no thanks buddy right right so and that's listen if you keep score for yourself and if you feel like you can you know like we want to also say like hey Everybody, if you keep score for yourself, that's what Elise is doing, mm-hmm. right? Like that's Elise's journey. Do not yeah. compare. Like sometimes you need to just take care of yourself. So, oh. Sometimes, well, right? In different circumstances, yeah. if it would have been a different situation, I, w- I would have totally told him to go fuck himself. Mm-hmm. However, in this moment, yeah. even though I felt a certain kind of way, especially after what was happening at the Capitol, I said to myself, "What does it ma- like this person? I just need to get him out of my way so I can go find the right person." Mm-hmm. And I took care of myself in that moment. That's all that I needed. That's all you need to do. That's it. And it's moment to moment. It's different every time. This guy, what do they deserve? What does this guy deserve it of? A lot. But, and nothing good. <laughs> nothing good. But, well, here's the thing. Take care of well, here's least. the thing. I'm going to push back at that yeah. because we don't know his life. We don't know who he is. Just right. like I always say, like Cubans, Cubans support the Republican Party. Even if they are, they, they don't understand that they've been fed bullshit. Mm-hmm. So out of trauma, they vote for Republican people. And I, I don't want to speak in generalities, but I'm saying like primarily from what I've heard, they always vote Republican because they think that the Republicans are going to, you know, uh, give the Cuban government what they deserve, right? Mm-hmm. So what I mean by deserve, though, before you go, before you go, I just want to be clear yeah. what I mean by deserve. Deserve. Mm-hmm is subjective in this account but i just meant like a response to things you can respond you couldn't respond to him lying he would in my book deserve mm-hmm. means like he would be deserved of being called out even though he could deny he has sure. a change of heart and maybe we don't know but i think it is within the context of america right now it is well deserved for us to be like dude yeah no we can't yeah i can't do this you want me to believe you that that, yeah yeah yeah. that's what i mean about this but you are but to your point Mm -hmm. though obviously we cannot we would be exhausted if we just wrote everybody off is like yeah and it's just like when we talked on our episode with shannon where we talked about the three businesses my business your business and and god's or the doorknobs business right like his life and what's gone on is in his life that led him to this point is his business and god's business or the doorknobs business right me having to set this boundary with him is my business to take care of myself, right? Yes. So in terms of like why I was so glad that you said ground zero, I've said before that many of my family members voted for Trump in the Repu- in, in the elections because of all of the things with Cuba and because they, in my opinion, have been sold a bunch of bullshit by the Republican Party in terms of in relation to Cuba. So I then said to myself, that whole day, I was very proud of myself. And the next morning, I woke up and I said, well, 
what if somebody did the sh- same thing to one of my family members, mm-hmm. right? Who are good people and for whatever reasons, they're not like white supremacist Trump supporters, but they did vote for Trump. Yeah. What if somebody did that to my family members and then my family members, uh, w- let's say they were going to go work for somebody or they were going to go do a job for somebody and the person said, "Do you tr- did you vote for Trump? And they yeah. said, yes. And then they were like, never mind. Then that's taking food out of my family's mouths. Mm-hmm. However. 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 That is their God's business. <laughs> that's their business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, your family, you mean? The one that's their business? Yeah, everybody. Like, Everybody's uh, business. The, Not yours. All of them. Not Elise's business right here. Right. But, and, and then I just kind of started to, I almost started to feel bad because I was like, well, if I'm being, am I being radical? Like, am I just writing this dude off? And it's, and it's, and, and I'm realizing that no, I'm not being radical. It's just a matter of what you said, which is I'm at ground zero with this person. And at this point in time, I don't know what else to do because right. I cannot find out down the line that you're not rooting for me. Right, right, right. And the difference between, and I want to emphasize, I believe this is a big difference. Between, oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, for those listening at home, Elise has uh, just did a cartwheel backflip kick, uh, <laughs> has, has kicked the, the microphone over. The gold one, the gold one. Hey, um, hey, listen, this is my baby. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, no, I appreciate the gold one. I just don't know why somebody would do a cartwheel backflip kick. It's a, it's a, it's Elisa's mic drop. It's the new mic drop. That's my mic drop. (laughs) Yeah. That's my mic drop. Boom. And so what I want to just say is the big difference is that this is a white male we're talking about who has benefits and so much privilege. Exactly. Uh, And the difference is between them and categorically any other Trump voter or, or somebody who has voted for Trump is that they are a white male. Mm-hmm. in america at yeah. this time at this time in this juncture we after we've yeah. seen them express their privilege which is the ability to walk into a fucking congress how, mm-hmm. like our sacred house like for the majority untouched one woman was yeah murdered and i would i would argue one woman was lost her one woman lost her life because yeah, she tried to really do one of the was, most yeah. illegal heinous acts with the confidence of Shaquille O'Neal trying to do a layup. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? So that, that just just to say like these are the things that BIPOC folk have to constantly weigh and consider. Yeah. When when dealing with America, there's a lot. Oh, I got something for you right now. Here's something I, I, I want you to answer because I think, I think that you would be able to um, articulate this well. What would you say to somebody who, let's say right now, heard everything I said and then said to you, then said to us, well, how would you, because this is, this is something that, again, the, narr- the, the, the gaslighting happens and then the, the, the script gets flipped and whatnot. What would you say to somebody who would say, well, how would you like it? If uh, I spoke to somebody, to a black man on the phone, and I decided that because he's a black man and he voted for reversed. Biden, I don't want to work with him. If like, the how roles would you were feel? Reversed. That's the right. argument that. Um, There's no such thing as reverse racism, everybody. Please so understand exa- this. Yeah. So if that is factual in my universe, in my business, mm-hmm. uh, reverse racism does not exist. Therefore, this conversation does not exist. Meaning, I have no room to try to empathize and have emotional intelligence for people that don't have that capacity back. 
it's boom that's a boundary right there yeah that's a boundary right there yeah like i'm not even going to do this like if you need the answers for yourself go mm -hmm. find it yeah i'm glad you're asking the question go find it somewhere else because i don't have the capacity for it i really don't unless i'm going to respond selfishly to make myself laugh which is more often than not what i'm doing yeah also that argument only tangles a person in stuff that brings you backwards we're trying to evolve this conversation we, look if we're if we're going to talk to white people this is the only conversation i really want to have right now in this moment is i need you all to focus on ways in which you can show up and have a culture which you don't have i need you to focus on a way to have mm -hmm. a culture that you can be proud of do some stuff mm -hmm. get busy get busy look at look at look at where you're at and do what you got to do so you can look back and say damn i'm proud of being white we took we took a history that was 400 plus years deep in horse shit and that's just 400 that you know it probably goes back but we took it we turned it around we fucking stood up by our our our, yeah. our, our siblings of color and we fought and we fought and we and we stood up we stood up against against people we didn't know and we stood up against uh our family. fuck shit at our own dinner tables at our own dinner tables yes and and you know, I don't know how long that takes, but isn't that that should be on your mind is to. Yeah. Somebody said one third of the country hates BIPOC. The other third of the country, you know, is like fighting for their say the life to to, be, you know, like fighting for our lives. BIPOC. Mm -hmm. The other third is just sitting back silent, just yeah. watching it. And I, and, I, and I encourage those who are just silent, do something that makes you proud to be white. Do something. And for BIPOC people, this is a great discussion to have amongst your BIPOC friends, how me and Elisa are doing, right? If you are in a situation where your city is 67% or more, I don't hmm. know, you know, white, and you're looking for, um, to buy a home, and the medium, the medium home is worth uh, 200000 that doesn't say anything except to me, good luck trying to find a BIPOC person to be your realtor. Mm-hmm good which which luck. by the way i did yes. i i spoke to a black woman who was the first person that did not mansplain anything to me mm -hmm. because as i spoke every time i spoke to every realtor i let them know at the get like this is what i'm looking for i know all of this information blah 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 blah. i was an attorney i dealt with real estate like they knew that i had all the information and yet they still tried to mansplain shit to me and mm -hmm. i was like mm, ah, next and I and I did find a black woman who was we were very much we had so many similarities in our in our own career journeys that I yeah. was like, this is who this is it right here. Yeah. And when I asked, I did ask her, I said to her, before we get started, I don't want to assume anything about anybody, but I need to know, are you a Trump supporter? And the difference between <laughs> her pause and his pause, like I could hear in her pause that yeah. she was like, she thought I was a Trump supporter. Wow, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yep. She was so like, So for ooh. her, it's different. And so she said, uh, no, I am not. <laughs> yep. Yep. You can play it straight. Yep. And um and I appreciated that the entire time, even though I was this rowdy, lively person, she did not jump on it and be like, Yeah, yeah, yeah fuck that, whatever. Like she she yeah. was very professional the whole time. Yeah. She was all good. And when when we hung up the phone <laughs> I don't know if she knows this. She might hear this one day. When we were hanging up the phone, I hear her as she's hanging up. She started laughing. She's like, ah! ah yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. She held her shit together until the end. <laughs> oh, that's a relief laugh. That's an involuntary relief 
Oh, that was that good. Fuck, I found somebody else that is tired of this shit. It was funny as hell. Whew, you know? So those are good. That's all good. But this is all about like this is all boundaries. And just like we said yeah. right now, like even even when when we have conversations at the dinner table, there's boundaries and it takes courage, especially to talk to family members that maybe don't want to hear us. Right. That maybe are gonna get extra aggressive because they're comfortable with us. Mm-hmm. And they they are more willing to express, you know, the depths of whatever they're they're thinking and we're going against it. I don't know. Beautifully put. I I mean, I I'm luckily I don't I don't have anything like that. In my family, we all are able to say our opinions and nobody nobody's feeling threatened. But we do have a lot of differing opinions on a lot of things. Yeah. So, um, a couple yeah. of things I've heard, just a quick rundown. I've heard block them, whoever they are, block them. All mm-hmm. me, all social medias, just do it. Whoever's listening yeah. to this and they need to hear this, do it. Do it. Yeah. Make yourself happy and, and unblock them later. Uh, number two, <laughs> if you are BIPOC, double down on finding those resources. Um, mm-hmm. I know, for example, there's even, um, there's even Asian, Asian, uh, um, Asian people with parents who are uh, who voted Republican. There's a Facebook group for that. There's support groups, is what mm, I'm saying. There's something called Cubanos con Biden, Cubans with Biden. All right, it's very, it's wonderful. Cubans with Biden. If anybody wants Boom. that uh, link, just message me on Facebook. I wanted to ask you about boundaries for you, though. Has there ever been a moment where you feel like? You had to set a boundary or maybe you didn't set a boundary or anything yeah. that sticks out to you? It's real simple. I worked at a radio shack a long time ago, <laughs> showing my age 38. Hello, folks. <laughs> you can find me on all dating platforms. Uh, just kidding. Not all. No. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, 38 years old now. So back when Radio Shack was around, I was, I don't know, early 20s, something like that. That's when I was working there. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Long story short, white guy in a story used the N-word. Um, they said nigga. They didn't say nigger. Okay, mm-hmm. just to be clear. But at the time it was still like that's it doesn't it doesn't matter, but just just to just to illustrate for y'all exactly what I heard. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what he was talking about. And he did one of these, you know, basic uh white belt karate moves where he said the word, and then I said, You can't say that. You're in trouble. To, <laughs> You're in big trouble, You're in Mr. big trouble. Do not ever, 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 ever say that again. And like most yeah. people, you just kind of like, you get rage angry. But um, but you know you can't respond physically unless they touch you first. That's kind yeah. of like one of these things. When you're trying to. You're trying to stay out of the out of the prison. You're trying to get away from it all. Fuck. You gotta you gotta I just want everybody hang to on. know that John is grinding his teeth right now as he's Ooh. talking about it. <laughs> but but I waited and I said, You cannot say it again. And then he's he did one of those white belt karate moves. What do you mean? The mm. I just said the word nigga in a story and I was trying to and boom, I lost my shit. I don't all I know is that cut to like a week later, he got he didn't get fired, but at at that time, I think this was the the furthest we could push mm-hmm. we could push with with uh, white supremacy. But he did get moved to a store that was about a, a mile and a half away. Uh, yeah, and I, I just remember the shock and awe of my white employees. Right, not shock and awe that he said nigga. Shock and awe that 
something happened. There was based on that. There yep. was some repercussions. He had to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And before then, that was not the case. You know what I mean? Like before then, the regional manager who would have just like heard about it would have said, "Oh, okay, then I will write this person up. They can't say it again." And then boom. Yeah. Like I'm working in my neighborhood. You are in my community. You drive to my store that's in my community and work here. So you're going to get the same business as if you lived in my community because that's where it's at. And then after, you know, some change, he got booted to another store. And that was the last I heard of it. And I was like, huh, okay, sometimes it's okay to just report. Absolutely. Actually, that was my first time learning about boundaries. And like, John, it's cool to snitch on a white person. Yep. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now that I wish that I had more people like you around me growing up because I grew up in Miami in, you know, in low income areas. And it was normalized to say the N-word with a G-A at the end. Florida's different. A lot of people don't know about Florida and its relationship to the N-word. Listen, it's all over the place. I used to say it when I was younger. I will tell you that right now. And I wish... You understand Florida is... Yeah. It it is different across the board with the relationship to that word. It's going to take more PR work than it will in Wyoming to not say that word. There's still people, there's still people that I know, even after all of this time and at this age that we're in, there's still people that I know that still say it from Miami and they have no idea. Yep. Yep. They have no idea. And and again, like it is just so, so normalized. I can't even tell you how normalized it is in mm-hmm. miami especially yep south florida okay. in the n-word is 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 a is a noun yeah it's very it's again it's the very much like our bro it was just yeah. just another word and yep. again like i wish that as i was as i was growing up and and i was having to figure things out for myself Somebody would have just said to me, at least you know that it that just because it has a GA, it's not okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I just and the last thing I want to say, this is mm-hmm. to illustrate the complexity of all this work that we're doing. Yep. When we're trying to be intersectional and all this, it is it is not that simple. And again, I want this the importance in terms of returning to the theme here, the importance of you setting that boundary would would have taught me let's say we were in that situation and i was that employee that used it because i grew up using it right right? and if you would have said that to me that would have helped me yeah yeah it would have helped me it would have so it's it's such an important thing to just set the boundaries and set them in a way that you feel proud of and if you do that then the rest is not your fucking business boom boom even if it's in your relation even if it's in your house yeah. You set the boundary very softly, or not softly, you set the boundary very gracefully, however you feel proud, whatever grace looks like to you, yeah. even if it's, hey, fuck off, don't fucking say that, right? Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it is not your business. Say it again, but I'm going to hum Amazing Grace. <laughs> mm-hmm. Set your boundaries mm-hmm. the way that you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. the way that you feel proud. And the rest of it is not your motherfucking business. Oh, yes. Continue. Um, if you are working at a radio shack, your white co-worker uses the N-word with G-A instead of E-R. Or E-R. Well, yes, or E-R, obviously. <laughs> you let that person know they can't do that. And they are in big trouble. Nice. <laughs> well done. 
All right, friends, if you like the Lisa's Realtor story, then you'll love our sketch. It's time for, ooh, that's a sketch. Mount Zion Realty by Amanda Hargan and Elise Rodriguez. Cast. Archangel Raphael, Senator of Heaven. Black. Swag. Frank Angeli, Fallen Angel. Realtor. White. HBI agent. Wears black robe with HBI on the back. The scene opens in a real estate office with a sign that reads Mount Zion Realty. We help you find your little slice of heaven. Frank Angeli welcomes Archangel Raphael into his office, and they sit down on either side of the office desk. They're both wearing angel's robes. All right, welcome to Mount Zion Realty, Mr. Raphael. I have to say, it's an honor to have an archangel sitting in my office. Yes, well, Mr. Angeli, since I was recently elected to a seat in the halls of heaven, I need to find a place in or around the kingdom of God for when Jesus is in session. Frank pulls out a map to show the neighborhoods in the kingdom of God. Of course! <laughs> and congrats to you, sir. You've come to the right place. I have some divine options in the Garden of Eden district. And the most beautiful condos over here in Nazareth. Let me stop you before you go any further, Mr. Angeli. I need to ask you something before we can work together. Oh, <laughs> by all means, go ahead and ask. You see... I can't work with anyone who supports Lucifer, especially since he mounted that insurrection against the halls of heaven. The damage that he has done to our theocracy is unforgivable, and I can't do business with anyone that supports that kind of heresy. So tell me, Frank, are you a Satan supporter? Frank looks nervous and starts to visibly sweat. He tugs at the collar of his robe. <laughs> if I'm being honest with you, yes. I am. Raphael stands to leave. Then we ain't gonna be able to work together. Thank you for your time. Frank stands up, motioning for Raphael to stay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Mr. Raphael, don't go. Uh, let me just say, I did vote for Lucifer in the last election, and I was a Lucifer supporter. But he's been cast down to hell. God will sit on the throne. I will pray for her, just as I would anyone sitting on the throne. I just want you to know that you can trust me. I'm not one of those radicals. No way. Mm-mm. No, sir. Hmm. I see. And who, may I ask, is the person you're standing with in the picture on your desk? Raphael points to a picture in which Frank is giving a thumbs up to the camera next to a man with... Viking-style horns, a painted face, a bare chest, and fur pants. They are standing in the halls of heaven in front of a broken window. Who? That guy? That's just my cousin, Jake Angeli, a.k.a. Beezlebub. You've probably heard of him. He's the horned prince of de- You know what? That's nothing. Let's just put that away for now. <laughs> Frank scrambles to shove the frame into a drawer. Uh-huh. Okay, and what is that in the corner? Raphael points to a lectern that reads, Speaker of the Halls, Netzach Pelosi. Frank jumps in front of it to hide it from you. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just uh, a gift from a friend. Sure, sure. And that, what is that? What do you call that? Casual office decor? <laughs> Raphael points to an enormous flag hanging next to the office door that reads, Make heaven great again. Lucifer, 2020. Frank freezes for a second, then dives across the room to tear the flag down. Behind the flag, there's a cardboard cutout of Satan, which Frank breaks in his frantic effort to hide the evidence. Not a radical, huh? Okay, okay, yes. I've made some errors in judgment. 
but the storming of the hall and declaring war on God was a real revelation for me. I've turned a corner. You can trust me. I wasn't even one of the rioters. A loud bang sounds as the office door crashes open. HBI agents rush in, holding lightning bolts. Heavenly Bureau of Investigation, put your hands in the air. Raphael alternates between looking at the HBI agents and Frank. He's highly amused. <laughs> okay, okay. Frank Angeli, internet alias Fallen Angel, you're under arrest for illegally entering sacred grounds and violent theft of holy property. The HBI agents grab Frank, push his face down on the desk, and cuff him. Raphael suddenly has popcorn and is sitting in Frank's chair with his feet up on the desk, smiling. <laughs> Don't forget sedition and plotting to overthrow our theocracy. HBI agents start to escort out a weeping and struggling Frank. He cries out like a sad little baby. No, no, don't do this to me. Don't kick me out of my office. I'm not the Antichrist. Stop trying to ruin my life. <laughs> we continue to hear Frank crying as the HBI agents push him out. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Ooh, amen. A choir of angels walk in. He's going to hell. Said he going. Hell. He's going to hell. Hell, hell. He's going to hell. Oh, well, well. He's going to hell. Bye-bye, Frank. You're going to hell. Locked up. Ooh. Blackout. Thanks for hanging with us for our Boundaries episode. You can find the Elise and John Show on Facebook and Instagram at Elise and John Show. Thanks, y'all. Peace.